This episode of the Changemakers 30 Under 30 podcast show is brought to you by the African American Cultural Center. Since 1958, the African American Cultural Center, Incorporated, has enabled spirits to soar and offered sanctuary validation and celebration for the duality of being African and American. For more information, visit www.aaccbuffalo.org. Hello, hello, everyone, and greetings to our audience and listening community. You are now tuning into the premiere episode of the Changemakers 30 Under 30 podcast show. I am your host, Amber Quinney, and wherever you are listening from, whether you are here with us in Western New York or across the globe, we just want to say thank you to you. Thank you for tuning into our first episode, but more importantly, thank you for joining the Changemakers community. For those of you who may not be familiar with the platform, Changemaker 30 Under 30 is the largest millennial award show in Western New York. And so now in its seventh year, the platform or production, I should say, has evolved so much and has recognized well over 100, nearly 200 millennial changemakers. A few weeks back, actually, we announced the 2018 honorees, and on October 6th of 2018, the 7th Annual Changemakers 30 Under 30 Award Show will take place at Brockwell Hall Performing Arts Center on the campus of Buffalo State College. Over the next several weeks, we'll have special guests, a lot of special guests who are all past 30 under 30 honorees or alumni, and I'll be interviewing them, but really what we're interested in sharing is their stories with you. We want you to know who they are as changemakers in our communities. Maybe their stories, their stories will inspire you, motivate you, or even show you that despite what the world may tell you about millennials, young people, people between, or people under the ages of 30, the age of 30, are creating change, driving change as entrepreneurs, industry professionals, community leaders, pioneers, social engineers, and so much more. That being said, I am delighted to welcome our very first special guest, who is a powerful woman, someone doing incredibly amazing work, none other than Miss Kendra Brim, 30 Under 30 class of 2016. Welcome, Kendra. Thank you, Amber. Thank you for having me. Thank you for blessing us <laughs> with your presence. How are you today? I'm good. How about yourself? I'm good on this Monday. Yes. <laughs> Monday fun day. Yes, Monday fun day. I'm good to interview by you. That's awesome. So. Thank you. Well, let's get into it. Kendra, tell us about who you are, what your profession is, what kind of work are you passionate about? So, um, who am I? I guess what I am, I am first and foremost, um, I believe I'm a change maker. I mean, I know it's ironic that, you know, we're here with the Change Makers 30 Under 30 interview, but I am a change maker. I'm a mover and shaker in our Western New York community. Um, but by day, what I do is I'm a project manager for Blue Cross and Blue Shield. So that's my first and foremost job um, here in Buffalo. And what I do is basically um, help deliver 
um, health care to our West New York community in an optimized way. Um, so that's a short, dirty, quick version of what I do. Um, but also, more importantly, what I do is I am the president of the Buffalo Urban League Young Professionals. And that comes with a lot of um, territory um, covering, you know, all of West New York, but also a, a huge job responsibility for me. And, um, you know, just connecting the community with different different people and different things and ideas and making sure that we have access to the city. And that's my number one job as YP president. Amazing. I just really appreciate how you, you use so many affirmative uh, <laughs> adjectives. I am, you know, a uh, mover and shaker. I really appreciate that. I feel yes. that. You have to, you have to be, you have to know who you are and you have to stand in that and you have to be authentic. And I believe that is something that comes with time. It doesn't come automatically. And that comes with knowing who you are. And of course that's going to change over time, but you have to stand in that. I agree. I agree. Yeah. Talk to us about your 30 under 30 experience. Where were you and your journey at that time? And what did it mean for you to be honored as a 30 under 30 honoree? Wow. So that was, I believe, two years ago. So two years ago, where was I? Hmm. So I was not president of YP at the time. <laughs> um but I was working at Blue Cross and Blue Shield, but I also um, was coaching basketball, high school basketball. So I played basketball my whole life. Love it. That's my passion. And I went to college on a full basketball scholarship to Colgate University. And coming out, I still loved basketball. So I got back into it and I was coaching. So the category category that I was in was, I believe, health and wellness category. Um, and that was for, for coaching and for basketball and bringing opportunities to young girls in this area. But when I was coaching basketball, I realized at the time when I started coaching, I was just coaching. I just wanted, you know, a basketball in my hand. I wanted to coach. But at that time, I started to realize that coaching girls is something special. It's not just, hey, can you shoot a basketball? Can you rebound? Can you run up and down the court? Can you be, you know, are you conditioned? Are you strong enough to play? It's also teaching them um, life skills, you know, teaching them responsibility, teaching them to be, you know, to stand up for yourself. Um, and not necessarily if you have a bad call or whatever the case may be, but just becoming a woman, you know, and that's something special that I believe that's sometimes the missing piece when you're coaching basketball. Um, so at that time, that's when I started realizing that I'm not just a basketball coach. I'm also an influencer. And I realized that I can, you know, hold girls accountable for becoming young women. So that was my goal. And that's where I was at the time. Um, right now, I'm no longer coaching. And that's just because priorities. But I still have a passion for basketball. And I still have a passion for high school girls, especially. Amazing. I think that's so key. I think you just really hit on a, a really important gem, just being able to recognize your influence and just to, to know the impact that you have in people's lives, the people that, you are, that you're around, the youth that you get to be around, and to never take that for granted. You don't, because you never know who's looking. I mean, when I was playing basketball, I had multiple people surrounding me, good, bad, or indifferent, and I look back at it and I say, you know, I wanted to be like them, or I didn't want to be like them because of certain characteristics. And as a young child, you soak in that energy, you know, and so that's something that I always whether if I had a bad day at work, I never try bringing that energy on the court because those girls would pick that up and say, oh, the coach has a bad attitude today or she doesn't want to be here. Why am I here? You always have to put your best foot forward. So when I will leave work, I had to switch it off and now become, you know, almost like a mom to these girls. Yeah, that's good. That's yeah. good. 
Did you grow up in Buffalo, Western New York area? Yes. Yeah, so born and raised in Buffalo. Um, the When I left Buffalo was for college. Again, Colgate University. I was there all four years playing basketball. And when I came back in 2011, I said, oh, I don't want to return back to Buffalo. There is nothing here for me. <laughs> and, you know, but at the time it was interesting. And I'm blessed because it was, that's when we started seeing that renaissance, you know, 2011, 2012. And I remember saying still, like, I'm just going to get a job, which Blue Cross and Blue Shield, and that's where I am today. And I was going to get a job, and I was just going to do my work, my nine to five, and then get out of Buffalo. And I think God had a better plan for me. He had Come a purpose on. for me. And um, back in 2015, well, 2014, I believe, I got connected with the Buffalo Urban League. And I always say that changed my life. And people say, oh, that's so cliche, but it really did, because all I was known for was Kendra, the basketball player, mm. not... Kendra, whoever, right? People only knew me as, oh, this is a girl who played basketball. That's all she knows, whatever the case may be. And I realized I had to reinvent myself, right? I had to understand that those life skills and those transferable skills that I learned my whole life, why not put them into the real world? So I connected um, to the Buffalo Urban League Young Professionals at our annual soiree. And I'm like, oh, my goodness, there's black people in the area doing things? This is awesome. And uh, my sister-in-law at the time, she was being honored for an entrepreneurship award. And she said, do you want to be a part of YP? And I said, oh, I don't know. A couple months later, I became a member. I was on the community service um, board, or not board, community service committee. And I was an active member there. And then I applied for the event planning and fund development chair, became that, and then VP and now president. So it's like, you know, it, it really changed my life because without YP, I don't think I'll be able to make the connections, um, you know, professionally and personally, um, developing myself. I mean, I'm not, I'm not perfect, right? And I think that it helps me with the professional development and then knows who, and know who has access to the city, right? And I think that's important too. So within short Three years since I got 30 on the 30. I mean, Buffalo Urban League changed my life, and that's why I'm here today. Yeah, so as the leader of YP, talk to us about the impact that you've seen uh, within the organization and around Western New York from a member to committee member and leadership and now the face, the president of the organization. Right, so, I mean, again, when I was just a member, um, Buffalo Urban League at the time was being ran by Stephanie Foreman and then and Jamil. Um, and just being a part of that whole atmosphere, right? It gives you a certain type of energy. And it just makes you want to be a part of something more and not just wake up, go to work, go home. Um, and then as I became more involved in the role and the positions that I'm in now, I realized that YP is necessary, right? Buffalo Urban League Young Professionals is necessary. And if people become members, they instantaneously begin, they get access to so many people in this city, but also to across the nation. We have close to 10,000 members of YP across the nation. And I can honestly say a lot of, a lot of them, and I say majority of them, but I, I do have friends, um, of YP, and I can go anywhere. I really truly believe I could go anywhere USA and I have a YP family member in the area, which is great, right? Because sometimes you don't want to go to California and say, I'm going to stay in a hotel. No, I'm going to stay with my YP friend, right? So um, they become, it becomes like family. Amazing. I know you shared with us that you grew up in Buffalo. What was your upbringing like and how did that shape you, who you are today, or even the work that you decided to pursue? So, um, so born and raised, uh, 
Bailey Hewitt area. Um, and my parents, they definitely shaped me who I am, who I am today. Um, my parents were very hard on me, but I, I definitely appreciate that. You know, growing up, you always say, oh, my mom says I have to be back in the house, so I have to do this and I have to do that. But they instilled discipline in myself and both of my brothers. I have a younger brother and an older brother. And they definitely instilled discipline in us. And I believe that I wouldn't be where I am today because of that. Um, you know, growing up, I was, my dad always said, I wanted you to play soccer, work at the mall, and then go to school, go to HBCU. Like, that was his plan for me. And I'm like, where did you come up with that, right? And again, it was what basically what, what he saw people doing, right? Um, he wanted me to go to City Honors or Hutch Tag, and that was his plan for me. And then I remember when I was about six, seven years old, and I went to the after-school program at Glory J. Parks, and they divided up the, the boys and the girls, and the boys went and played in the gym, and the girls had to do arts and crafts. And I'm like, I don't want to do arts and crafts. I want to go to the gym with the boys. And I remember sneaking into the gym and the boys were playing basketball. And I said, I want to do that. And the, the after-school program counselor, she's like, no, you got to go back into the, to the classroom. And I remember going home and I was asking my dad, why, why do we have to separate boys and girls? Can we just choose what we want to do? So he went and talked to the counselor, started playing basketball. And that's where I think I, I gained that access to that. Now, between probably I was six or 10, I was a piano player. I played piano for 12 years. I danced for 10 years. I did soccer, swimming, you name it. That was my life, right? And then on top of that, my younger brother, he did basketball and football. And I remember when I was about 11 or 12, I said, Dad, I want to play basketball. I don't want to do anything else but play basketball. He said, are you sure? And I said, yes. And he said, I don't think you could do it. And I said, why not? He said, basketball is mental more mental than physical. And he said, if you're going to play sports, you have to be there mentally. So I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. Now, when I was 12, I, um, I was in eighth grade. When I was 12, I went to high school when I was 13 and I graduated at 16. So I already was at a disadvantage because I was younger than the rest of the kids, but I was always, I was taller and I was stronger. Right. Um, and throughout high school, again, back to that discipline, my dad's like, the days I wanted to quit, the days I did not want to play basketball, my dad's like, absolutely not. You told me back when you were 12 that you wanted to play. Um, so fast forward, all throughout high school, I played basketball. Um, you know, I got up at 5.30 in the morning, and I was in the gym working out before school, went to school, then did two-hour practices or went to a game. And then also did travel basketball out of Syracuse. And again, I thank my parents for having that commitment to drive me to Syracuse three times a week and practicing and then taking me all over the country for different tournaments. And at the end of my senior year, I had 19 scholarship offers for basketball. Wow. And I literally can put them out on the table and say, I want to go to this school, that school, or that school. And the reason why I picked Colgate, because it was a great academic school. Um, and after I graduated, I graduated uh, undergrad at 20. And I keep going back to that discipline. Without discipline, I don't think I'll be able to thrive today because you have to have discipline paying sports. A lot of people think, oh, it's, it's a luxury. You get to travel. You get this paid for, whatever. But you don't see when I wake up at 5 o'clock in the morning and go to bed at 1 o'clock doing homework. And that's the life of a student athlete. And I think because of that discipline that my parents instilled in me and my, my siblings, um, that made me who I am today, and I'm a very regimented person. Of course, I like to have my fun, but I'm a very regimented person, and I always 
like to understand my priorities. If it doesn't fit, don't do it. Yeah. Right. That's good. Yeah. I know that's a lot, but I mean, it's a lot, but it's, it's some really good gems. I think your story really just, just, just highlights and kind of narrates how even growing up in the inner city, growing up in the heart of Buffalo, right. Mm -hmm. With committed parents, dedicated parents, and just a, a sense of direction, where that could lead you. You know, we see the statistics. Right. We see what they're saying. We see the stories that are being right. told. But I think your story really just speaks to, again, the purpose of this show in itself, just being able to know what it means to be a change maker and what it means to raise change makers. So yes. you said a mouthful, but it's like, wow, keep going, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, my dad, I mean, my dad was born and raised in Birmingham, Alabama, and he wanted something different. And he always said, you have to work twice as hard to get, half of what other people have right and that's something that he was that he was taught when he was younger being raised in in heart of the civil rights movement and my mom you know she was born and raised in buffalo but single mom um you know at a high school age and they wanted more you know they wanted more for us and you can definitely see that drive now they sometimes you'll say okay they were pushy but you look at back at it and you say thank you you know, thank you. And I think that's that moment where they feel like they can relax and say, you know what? I, I did a great job. Right. And my dad said, once I get you to 21, that's it. <laughs> He's like, and I pray that I raise a successful, great woman. And that's what, you know, that's what they did. I agree. I remember. I remember my friend saying, your mom is so strict. You can't go here. You can't even walk to the store and la, la, la. Mm -hmm. But you're right. I think it does come a time, wherever that time is for you and your age. For me, I, it was probably entering college where you say, you know, I'm, I'm glad I did have a parent who was willing to pull up and whoop my butt. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, if know? I needed it, right. You know, just instilling values in, in again, direction and future and, and really placing that in, in kids' head. Like, no, you have a future, yes. you know? Yes. So what motivates you, Kendra? What motivates me? Um, first thing, what motivates me is that I'm blessed to wake up every morning. A lot of people, especially we see now, um, they don't have that opportunity to just open their eyes every morning. So that's the first thing. I'm blessed to wake up. Secondly, um, I don't want to be mediocre. And I know that, sound, that sounds crazy, um, but there's no time for mediocrity, especially now. And also, too, I think, well, I know that I'm needed, you know, I'm needed in the community. And if you have a, a special gift in terms of, you know, just wanting more for your community and, and just having that energy, why not use it for for good? Why, why sit on it? Um, and I think that a lot of young women, especially, you know, preteens, teenagers, they need great influential people in our area and I'm not saying like oh I'm the guru I'm the best but if I if I have something to give and I can teach those life lessons why not why sit on it um so that's that's what motivates me um but the number one thing is just getting up and having an opportunity every morning to do something different and to you know touch someone yeah that gratitude right yes. Just, yes. just having an attitude of gratitude. I think you just said something so golden. I am needed. Like just understanding the impact again that we have in our communities and, and, and recognizing that as a change maker or a leader, you don't have to have a title to do no, that. You don't. You don't. You know, have to have a, this. You don't have to have. It doesn't have to be this traditional idea of what it means to drive change or be a leader. Yes. If you have access to a group of youth, or you are in a neighborhood, or you are in a a place, then you have to understand the influence and impact you have and use it responsibly. Yes. So. 
Thank you yeah. for hitting on that. <laughs> what do you find to be most challenging in your work as a leader, a change maker, a person, a woman of color, young woman of color? What do you find to be most challenging? So most challenging, two things. I think what you just said, being a woman of color, right? I think that's very challenging. So in my day job as a program manager or a project manager, um, you know, there are approximately 70 people in my department. I'm the only African-American, period. And that is that sometimes can be discouraging, but also to I, I use it as my to my advantage. Everyone knows me, right? <laughs> everyone knows me, but because everyone knows me, you have to be on point. So sometimes, you know, when you don't want to show up, when you don't want to, you know, come to work looking your best, feeling your best, and being on point, you have to because people are looking at you, right? And again, like I said, you have to work twice as hard to get half as of what other people have. So, um, you know, sometimes that's challenging is we're, we're human. We get tired, right? And working day in and day out and then going and doing our other activities that, that makes it um, sometimes difficult. So that's, I would say that's challenging as well. Um, And then the second thing I would say is challenging is understanding um, sometimes the roadmap of the city, knowing, you know, who you can lean on, who you can go to for different questions um, or different uh, opportunities. Uh, Sometimes that can be a little discouraging, but also, connect, again, YP, making those connections with YP, making those connections at your job. You know, I always say every day you walk out your house, you're interviewing, right? And um, back in when I was change maker in 2015, I actually was going back to school, too, at night. I was getting my MBA at UB, which I completed last year. And I had a professor who told me, um, you know, when she goes to Wegmans, she makes sure she puts her makeup on and she does her hair. And then people are like, why? She's like, you never know who you're in. Inter- you know, you may be interviewing as you're walking out the house. Now, I'm not going to do that. I'll have my baseball cap on and my sweats. That's not me. But you have to understand when you walk out your house every day that you're interviewing. So you have to show up and you have to show out almost every day. That's good. Right on the head. Mm-hmm. Right on the head. I always I remind myself and when I think about like. No matter what direction I'm going in or if I know what I want to do next or this sort of thing, just understand that my success, our success is connected to what we know and who we know. Right. Exactly. Just continuing to learn, continuing to build relationships and, and, and more so not even just who we know, but who knows us. Exactly. You no, know, a lot of times who, we know people, we have business cards, but do they know you? Do Are you, you know? exposing yourself, you know? Yep. When yeah. Go ahead. No, no. I'm saying it's beyond, it's beyond the resume, it's beyond. right? It's beyond it's the beyond resume. The business card. And that's why when you get a job, you may not necessarily, you could go on Indeed.com and Monster and LinkedIn. And, but who are you? You know, what story? And I had a, um, a boss when I first started at Blue Cross. And he saw, again, I was just being complacent. He's like, who are you? What story do you have to tell? He's like, I know you're beyond this resume, but what story do you have to tell? And that always clicked because you, you have to make those connections and people have to, like you said, know who you are, you know, you know, and where can they use you and know that it's a beneficial relationship. Right, right. It's like when the opportunity comes across their desk or comes to their phone, do they think of you first? No, exactly. because they don't know you. <laughs> right. You know, um, so lastly, what wisdom would you share um, from your journey to people wanting to see change happen? Young people wanting to see this, having this urge to see change happen. But, you know, what wisdom would you share from your journey? I would say 
especially if you're in this Western New York community, this is your home, right? This is your home. This is your mother's home, your your father's home, your grandparents, your kids, you know, and you want to make it the best, you know, the most ideal living situation. And if you have that urge, like you said, and if you have that passion, don't sit on it because you can make a change anywhere. You can make a change in your home. You never know who's looking. Your kids are looking. People at church are looking. Um, and so you just, if you have that passion, I just say go and use it to the best of your ability and don't, don't let, you know, anyone tell you anything different, right? And again, you can be a leader, like you said, and you don't have to have a title. Anyone can be a leader every single day. So just go out there and put your best foot forward. Thank you for blessing us with your presence again. It, w- it was such um, a pleasure to speak with you, to hear your story, and it was very encouraging. So thank you again. Thank you, Amber, for having me. You are welcome. Kendra, if people wanted to know more about YP or more about the work that you do with any events coming up, where could they follow you or what could they find more information about events, programming? So in terms of um, Buffalo Urban League Young Professionals, you can find us online, which is B-U-L-Y-P-N-Y.org. Um, you also, we're also on social media, Facebook, Twitter, um, Instagram, and it's just B-U-L-Y-P-N-Y. And then for Facebook, it's Buffalo Urban League Young Professionals. Um, we just started our new fiscal year with our new executive leadership team. So we started that earlier this month, and we're excited. We have a new professional development chair. We have um, two new event planning and fund development chairs. So we have a, not, a lot of great ideas funneling through, one of them being a professional development conference. So more information on that. Um, and then in terms of me personally, you can find me um, on Facebook at Kendra Brim, or you can find me on Instagram, which is Savannah underscore K, K-A-Y, which Savannah is my middle name. And I I love Savannah. So Savannah underscore K. Well, that wraps up our first episode. Thank you, Changemaker family, for tuning in to the premiere episode of the Changemakers 30 Under 30 podcast show. We are streaming on all the streaming platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Real quick, before you go, grab your tickets to the show. This show will sell out as it does every year. You can grab your tickets at changemakers30under30.com. That's changemakers30under30.com. Mark your calendars. The event is October 6th and it is taking place at Rockwell Hall Performing Arts Center on the campus of Buffalo State College. That's it, guys. Remember to tune in for our next episode. We'll have some more special guests. Uh, Peace and love and have a blessed week.